This is CliffCentral.com. Progressive, cultured, and brave. Live on Cliff Central. Live on Cliff Central. This is Beile on a Tuesday, bringing you the Thread Exchange conversations that are cultured, brave, and progressive. I'm so excited for the show today. I feel like God is in the room. You know, whatever you're battling out there, you're feeling like your your spirit is dying. You're at work. You feel bored. You feel uninspired. This is the perfect destination for you today. I'm Siabonga Beile, and I am the official host of the Thread Exchange on the best broadcasting station in the world, and that is CliffCentral.com. Um, thank you so much for all of you that gave us amazing feedback for our, for our conversation last week with Lazi Matebula. Please make sure you catch up on our podcasts. Um, they always play um, online straight after the show. We always upload them. So you can listen to them, listen to Lazi, listen to Asanda. There's just a great group of people that can really, really inspire you today. Um, you know how I like to start the show. I always believe that like, since I can't see you guys and since you're listening there at, at work, I always feel like I always have to do something to, 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 to bring up the energy because this show is really exciting. You know, being black is an amazing thing. You know what I'm saying? And this, this show is about inspiring each other as people of color in South Africa. And most importantly, talking about our struggles, talking about the things that we're fighting, talking about the careers that we're pursuing, talking about all a bunch of stuff that we just struggle with today. This show has no structure. Literally, it's a conversation. And um, today I've got a really, really special guest. Um, a lot of you might have seen him online. He's been trending since Black Panther came out. Um, his name is Loi Somkize, who is the founder of Quizzy Comics. But beyond that, he's just an incredible anim- an animator, incredible graphic designer, incredible artist who's been invited all around the world to share his art with the world. And today we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be an African story- storyteller? And more so, what is it like being a visual storyteller in terms of art and illustrations? And most importantly, how does he, you know, fight the patterns of poverty in his family? Most importantly, what is it like building a, a the next Marvel, essentially? Because that's what he's build, building with um, Quezzy. So please, while you're at it, I know you're on your phone on WhatsApp. Please have a look through his Instagram. It's uh, at Lois Omkize. He's also Lois Omkize on Twitter. Um, and also WhatsApp us about, around the conversation. Tell us what you think. If you think we're giving a crap show, let us know. The number is 0797482090. Let's get this party started. This guy's running late. Guys, I have this thing where all my guests are running on African time. So he's running on African time, but I don't believe this is, uh, you know, when things are running late, we always feel like let's make up for time by playing music. But genuinely, if I must do the show without him, I will, because I can talk until the sun sets. So yeah, let's start the show. I'm going to be playing you guys a song by The Major featuring Lizzie. It's called Traveler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more than I love than like South African music. I feel like South African music in Ala, in Alando, it has that little bit of that thing. You know what I'm saying? But as I told you guys, um, my guest is running very, very late, but do not stress not. As your host, I will be taking this show. Um, yeah, I'll be running the show. I'm not nervous at all. One of the things I want to talk about today that really, really touches my heart is the fact that a lot of us right now, we are feeling discouraged. A lot of us are broke. A lot of us are thinking about quitting school. A lot of us 
are depressed. A lot of us are facing deaths in the family. Just being young and being alive is really, really hard today. And, you know, one of the biggest things for me is that it always feels like the moment you deal with one thing, it always feels like another hit comes your way. And today, I just want to tell you to never give up. And my life, my experiences have been the epitome of that. And I've never really, you know, you've seen me in interviews, you've seen me address a lot of things, but I've never really, you know, gone off the mic and sort of, you know, tell my story and sort of tell, you know, my journey and, and, and why in my career there's been so many no's, but how did I get to where I am today? I feel like a lot of young people ask for mentorship from me. A lot of young people ask, Sia, how did you find your voice? You know, how does it feel to be famous? How do you handle social media? How do you handle haters? How do you handle money? How do you handle all these things, you know? And truth be told, I don't. <laughs> um, you know, what I've learned in my journey is that I've just had to grow through failure. Um, one of the things that I want to open up about today is that I was born on the 7th of December, 93. Um, I come from a family that is not rich at all, um, probably far from it. But the one thing that my family always had was that we were always rich in culture, you know. And my mom, from a young age, I mean, I wasn't aware that we were not rich in terms of money up until I was in high school. For me, throughout my childhood, I always felt we were so rich. And for me, rich wasn't about, you know, what clothes was I wearing or what car I was driving or what my, I wasn't driving at the time, of course, but what car my mom was driving. For me, how I felt rich was just the love I felt from the woman that raised me, you know, how we were when we were doing cultural events. You know, just watching my grandmother dress up in the morning, you know, waking up in the Eastern Cape and looking over the hills and just being proud of being who I am and, and being proud of carrying my family name and just being a proud African boy. And my early childhood was extremely happy, very, very happy. Then we moved to Cape Town. I think, how old was I? I think around about six or seven. Um, and we lived in Langa Township. And during that time is when my parents' um, marriage started to fall apart. And that's when, in the hood, I was exposed to a lot of things like violence. And I also went to a township school. So many people don't know that. They think because I speak English, I went to some model school. Not in fact, I actually went to a school, Kualanga. And my mom always was a hard worker. She always was someone who who dreamt of us having a bigger life. You know, she never used to settle for bare minimum, even the way we were raised, it was always about polish your shoes, you know, live outside, your mind must be outside of the township, your mind must be thinking miles ahead around the world. So my parents um, separated officially when I was around about 13. Um, it was probably one of the most painful things I've had to deal with, you know, watching your mom fall apart right in front of you, um, watching your dad abuse her in certain cases, and sometimes that abuse comes directly to you as a kid. And, you know, being black and, and coming from that space, that traditional space, you know, women are always told to stay in marriages um, and relationships that are abusive. You know, my mom was told that by, you know, my dad's family. But I'm happy that she never did. Because if she did, I didn't know where I would end up today. So more so, 
I remember when my parents split, you know, we went from having this big house in Constantia, then we had to move into a, a smaller house that had a leaking roof. And, you know, watching my mom cry every single day and for her telling us as her kids that, yo, I can't give you guys all these beautiful things that you see outside the world. The best thing I'm going to give you is raising you and most importantly, sacrificing everything and even myself to make sure you guys go to a good school. So I remember literally the day before school. So now in grade eight, grade eight started on the Monday. You know, I went to Wamba Boys High School. I remember on the Sunday, literally the whole roof of the house we had just moved in, it literally caved in and literally everything in our household was in water. All my new school books, my uniform, everything was in water. And then I had to stay up with my mom throughout the evening and yeah, and, and, and basically sort the house. By the time I got to school, half my uniform was wet, number one. And number two, I had to not allow the other kids to see that this is the kind of background that I was coming from, you know, not because part of me was ashamed because I didn't want to be viewed as someone that comes from a broken family. But also a part of it was pride when my mom was like, listen, like just because me and your dad are going through this situation or just because we don't have money for this, when you wear that school uniform, be proud. You know, you stand for something bigger than yourself. Now, during that period of time, not only did I have to start high school and sort of adapt to this, I had two younger brothers as well who were going to school. And then my mom, within the same year, she lost her brother. She lost, you know, my great grandfather. We lost my great grandfather who passed away in the same year. And my mom coming from sort of, you know, a traditional family, half of my family is uneducated. And basically my mom wasn't just a breadwinner in my family. She was also a breadwinner for the whole entire family, like not just immediate family, but for the whole entire family. So she literally went through this phase where she had to bury my, my grandfather. She had to bury my uncle and my, my aunt died of uh, TB. And I remember she used to stay with us and, I, we had to watch her health deteriorate and get her treatment. And so my mom had to also bury her. So literally going to school, I was carrying so much pain. And more so because now my mom was a single parent and my dad was out of the picture. Essentially, when it came to school, I never got support. You know, I played rugby. I did all these incredible things at school. But I knew I had to be alone, you know. And sometimes I had to sacrifice, you know, not going to certain school projects, not going on night outs with my friends because I had to go home and look after my brothers because now my mom had to balance two jobs. Now, high school for me was a weird place. Um, to a certain extent, I was, you know, I was one of the popular kids because I mean, I did everything and I excelled, but to a certain extent, it was quite very lonely for me. And the reason why it was lonely is because in that school, you know, all the other white kids will be like, yo, you you guys are different. You're like the proper blacks, as they would say it. And then when I go to the hood, they would call me Model C. They would say, yo, you don't fit in. You're wearing those khaki shorts. So I grew up around that. And more so, my depression had just started because I couldn't talk to anyone about what I was witnessing at home. As much as my dad and my mom had separated, there was still a lot of violence. You know, my mom tried to commit suicide like three times. So I'd come home from school and I'd have to like call the police or call the ambulance and you know, so all these things that were happening in my life and I literally had to separate my school life and my personal life. And I think that's why I've learned. I think that experience prepared me for the industry, essentially, where you have to have your public life in terms of the work that you do, but also your private life that you have to protect. So essentially, for me, it started at that young age. And the reason why I did everything at school is because I felt like I needed to 
I needed to just excel. You know, my mom making all these sacrifices, my mother making all these sacrifices, it, it needed to mean something. You know, it, it couldn't just be, I couldn't be average. I felt this pressure of like, I couldn't be average. I had to do something that is amazing. So that's the foundation of, you know, how, how everything of who I am actually started. It started from that thing of feeling like the only way out of, you know, that situation with my mom was around working very hard. You know, my mom was like, yo, Asna Mali, we can't, you know, promise you the world, but what we have is education and the power of you can be whatever you want to be and you can do whatever you want to do. So anyways, guys, I'll continue the story next week um, because my guest is finally here. Uh, you know celebrities. Um, but I believe in South Africa, celebrities are late. Globally, I've never met a celebrity that's late. So you only Hong Kong a celebrity in my eyes. Wait, let me, let me, let me turn on your mic. So mic two, mic three. This is where, this is where we apologize to the listeners as well as you. So yeah, what's up, man? How are you? Come on. Ni famous. Kutai celebrities are late. Not even fashionably late. That's, that actual saying is probably garbage now. But I was actually saying on air, like, it's, it's actually not a stress because I feel like all my guests work on African time. Literally. Like that, that's still, I used to not believe in that concept of like black people are always late. But from experience of doing this show where mm. I do a show for people of color, where mm-hmm. we talk about our journeys and stuff, like yeah. they're always late. I think you take the title for being the most late. And I you actually, I'm going to send you a gift. You know what? I happen to be also Cape Tonian. So I think that maybe, you know, you can throw that in there as yeah. well. Just yeah. to, just for spice. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Life is good. God, God lives here. God lives with me. So it's Last amazing. time we were chatting, it was like um, at the Radisson Red, I think. Yeah. Uh, early on in the year. Yeah, that was a wild night. <laughs> Let's you're, not even go there. You're quite a rock star. Nah, I wouldn't say so, man. I'm just an artist. Yeah. How are you guys feeling? Um, frazzled, tired, stressed. Um, we've got Comic Con Africa coming this week. Yeah. So, and that's in Kailami um, Convention Center. So... So first of its kind on the continent, man. So there's a lot of amazing, stress, a lot, lot of pressure. Amazing. Yeah. Now, like a lot of people, like for me, I don't want to, this conversation, this is not an interview, guys. This is literally dudes chatting and it happens to these mics. Yeah. Um, and for me, like I'm going to chat way beyond Quasi, way beyond Comic Con. I think I want to know the men behind this brand. I want to talk about, you know, what is it like being an illustrator that's basically building the next Marvel in Africa, you know, mm. not, it's not a, you know, like I always say that, you know, as black kids growing up as kids of color, you would mm-hmm. never think, yo, I can actually, when I watch Superman, I can create Indeed. an yeah. African superhero. You don't totally. think like that. Totally. So for you guys, like what, how did this crazy idea come? Because also like the reason I'm saying it's crazy at the time in which you want to study it, everyone will be like, yo, this is crazy. Nothing. Cause I'm also tired of just seeing Marvel, Marvel everywhere. Like, no, you know, true. as a South African, I'm always like, who's telling our stories? You know, I like Black Panther, but I'm like, but that's not us benefiting. You know what I'm saying? Marvel is a white owned brand. They mm. making the money. So especially when it comes to the concept of, of owning your narrative, then yeah. it becomes very, expe- like very important that, um, you have stories like this. Um, and, lo- and likely for us, it couldn't have come at a better time when, um, superhero stories just in general are the main, st- or the main, you know, um, staple just globally in the type of, you know, um, narratives and stories that we consume today have got to do or have a, an element of super, um, you know, you know superhuman, um, abilities one way or the other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hi. Just, 
I'm Clyde. I'm here as well. <laughs> I'm the co-developer on Quasi. Yeah. Let me put it this way. Clyde is like, you know the group Macklemore? There's that guy that everyone sees in the music video. Like, the guy I think his name is Ryan. And everyone thinks Macklemore is that guy when in fact Macklemore is a group. The other guy is a producer. Yeah, yeah. So you're like that guy. The guy sits in the background. Well, only to find that he's actually a mastermind of note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you were saying earlier with, with, um, the, the crazy concept, I remember I was a naysayer back in the day. When Lohiso had already created the, 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 the first, um, of that, done the first illustrations and he brought it my way and he's like, I need some help finishing this. I need to figure out how to, mm. um, how to give it dialogue, how to give it life. And I initially looked at the, 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 the project and I was like, dude, I'm sure someone's done a superhero thing in South Africa before. Come on, how could it not have been done? It was 2013. 23, end of 2013, um, entering into 2014, yeah. Mind you, you had a job at the time. Oh, hell yeah. You That's were right. doing, what is this other comic with the That's soccer? That's right. So I was head illustrator for Super Strikers. So right? you were doing Super Strike. I grew up on Day that. job. BP. Yo, and in school, dog, like, I remember yeah. at Duke, your Eastern Cape, like, sure. we used to come to the nearest BP to get you Super Strikers. And I remember when they did it on Dude. TV, yeah, I was right. super excited and that's true for like so so many south africans they yeah. grew up with uh, super strikers and it's part of what they know yeah so like yeah. and that's and that's what I was, I was doing you know I, I worked there for a good seven years and during that time i was honing my skills you know like understanding the business of comic books and how to make it work versus yeah. uh, will it work or not yeah so how do you come up with with is it crazy? Am I saying it right? That's right. That's crazy. Clanny joining us, closing out in the crazy. I need to make sure I pronounce the age. So when I look at crazy, I always think of crazy type of vibe. There you, you go. You know what I'm saying? I always think of a star that shines mm. bright. Mm. And I think in my work in fashion, it's always been about Africans are the brightest stars. Yeah. So Correct. with you, how did you come up with this concept of crazy? Because what I'm trying to teach the listeners is that a lot of people are stuck in jobs they hate. Mm. And, and, and most of the time they just give up. You know, yeah. you are in a job that, of course, you're doing what you loved, but you knew mm. that's not where your story ends. Correct. So tell me about that journey, going from working on Super Strikers and then coming up with this idea. Sheesh, I must have been like 16 when the I, the idea or maybe just the the need or, or just realizing a problem, identifying a problem with the stuff that I was reading, um, reading Superman, Spider-Man, Batman. X-Men, etc., etc. None of these characters were number one from Mzansi. None of them was speaking his close out. Or yeah, so, like, you know, so like, you know, like, and I mean, I'm, I'm from Butterworth. <laughs> so like, um, you know, every now and then we go to East London, uh, you get to CNA and, you know, you're just so excited just to get a comic book, just to like, sort of like inspire or just something to read that you really like. And I yeah. you know, grew up as a comic book buff. Realize that, you know, we just don't have superheroes that are South African, dude. And this is like, it's at age 16. And, um, that's when I was like, you know, started really just drawing and started really understanding what I could do with my talent as opposed to just, you know, just, uh, copying what I saw. Um, and so like, you know, fast forward, I start working for Super Strikers and, and the question comes again. You know, when are we going to have a, a South African superhero? Yeah. Is it going to happen? Is it possible? Does it work? Um, and you know, at that time it was, it, it was far better because I was working in the industry. I understood the industry. I understood the inner workings of it and you know, what the possibilities were. So, um, when 20, 2013 came, you know, um, you know, I decided to put pencil to paper, uh, illustrated the first episode of Quasi. 
Um, so literally pencil to paper, page to page, panel to panel, approach to this guy who was working with me. Um, so that was our nine to five illustrating super strikers. And, you know, and he's sitting right behind. So my desk is here. His desk is right behind me. And I'm like, so I drop these paint, uh, these, 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 uh, these drawings yeah. Yeah. on his desk. And I say, Hey, listen, man, I don't think I can do this by myself. You know, like, um, and at the time it was head colorist. I was head illustrator. He was head colorist. So we already had been working as a team on super strikers and it just, it just ticked. It just worked yeah. from there. Know what I mean? Amazing. And when he approached you with this idea, were you like, this guy's crazy? Is this possible? Mm. What, what were your first reactions in the beginning? I, I wouldn't have worked on the, on the concept if I didn't like his art. <laughs> so when, when he came to me and I was like, yo guy, this looks dope. This is, this, this could be a thing. Yeah. But then, but then I like, I, I questioned it initially. I was like, someone else must have done this. And what we found is that no one had actually done this. No one had thought this far ahead. Like he, like Luisa said earlier, we see all these international superheroes. We th- see things created by other people, but there's nothing set in, 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 in our context, in the context we understand. So That's right. we, we felt at that point that, you know what? This is important. Let's just get it out there. We need to get it, and we went. We didn't even go out there big initially when we put it out into the world. Yeah. Um, we went to there was an event in Cape Town called Free Comic Book Day, yeah. where you get a little table and people sell as, as like a marketplace for for comics and content and stuff. And we sat there, and I think it was wasn't even an hour in, and we sold out. Wow. And so, in fact, it might have even been a half an hour, and we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs, people asking us questions. And back then, we. We didn't know much about where yeah. this was going or how important this concept was. And, um, yeah, and from there, it's just, it skyrocketed. Yeah. The, the country's hungry for it. Now, yeah. the people, when they saw the first comic book, man, they were like, you know, like, she's finally, we've got our own thing. Yeah. And you wouldn't believe, like, like, dude, and I'll be honest, you wouldn't believe how important it is for people to actually own their own yeah. thing. Because it felt like theirs. Also, I think yeah. the, the, the biggest thing is, is the thing of seeing yourself in a character. I think Correct. for me that's yeah. the power of storytelling and mm. most of the time we watch these superhero movies they set up in America mm. you know what I'm saying yellow bars you know American yeah. vibes and <laughs> yellow it's bus. hard exactly it's like a yellow a, school bus yeah it's hard I mean because I'm talking about <laughs> Spider-Man you're right so exactly specifically, you it's go. like we don't our schools don't look like that like mm. our education don't work like we come from different the frame of lighting. reference no, like, there you go. so for me it's always been hard to be able to relate to Spider-Man mm. and even like it like also like with you know Marvel Comics Infinity War Iron Man where I'm like yeah. yo dude I'm not that rich you know what I'm saying like yeah. he's saying he's poor but damn you got a crib like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah. he and even like Spider-Man got stung at this mm, big facility where yeah. there happens to be I'm like mm. a black kid we don't yeah. even have scientific experiments yeah, at that level yeah, so I've never seen my character or me mm. being represented like that and even the way they talk that was an important thing in the books. Yeah. The, the vernac that people use. The lingo. And the lingo. It's like, and we adapted for, if, if this, for instance, a, a, a white Afrikaner looking yeah. character in the book. In the so background. So these characters do say away. Away, yeah. Okay. I'm also a Cape Town boy, so. Yeah, yeah. So we have, so we have long conversations, Lohisa and myself, just figuring out, nah, this guy, this guy's gonna be like, we, we, we changed the line recently that was at, what can an? And then, yeah. and we change it to like, what kind? Yeah, <laughs> what because, kind? Yeah, because yeah. that's how we chat. And it's like, uh, what's important about it really is like, um, so 
we we wanted that to to first not only just speak to the people that are South African, but like the stuff that only you would know. Like it's, yeah. it's, there's, there's almost like an inside joke about inside the comic jokes, bu- yeah. about the comic book because only you would understand why a character would stand like yeah. that or or would say excel what kind maybe so like yeah. and, and and it's those nuances that make the story tick. It wasn't necessarily just the aesthetic of of creating characters that were. You know, um, that, that was celebrating Isuzu, you know, um, Isuzu and, uh, Khoisan, yeah. our cultures. But it was yeah. also just the urbanness of it. Yeah. Um, the stuff that. And also modernizing our stories, knowing where we come from. Boom. You know, cause I think that's what's missing in our generation is that because we are becoming so globalized as, as, as young South Africans, our history starts to fall away. So by yeah. using this yeah. as the vehicle, I think, I think it's so powerful. But it's reclaiming the, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. also an interesting, I concept behind it because if you think us as, as, as young people in South Africa, we pick a lot of American Western sort of vernac and, and the way we speak. We yeah. adopt that into the way we speak and they don't necessarily adopt our sort of vernac in the way yeah. we speak. So by presenting something like this from, from reading comic books, from watching movies, we start to pick up lingo from other places. Yeah. So if we put content out there that just you know, expresses yeah. our lingo as well. What have some of the challenges been for you guys? So, have you left Super Strikers now? Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, I, I almost are you I doing almost this full? Are you doing this full time now? Is this a thing now? Quasi is a thing. You're so, running it as like the next Marvel. For for, yeah. for me at the moment, I'm I'm still the art director at at, at Super Striker. Amazing. Um, That's important. That's yes. important. I think because young people are so impatient. Yeah. Where someone will start something and be like, yeah, screw my job. Let me go do it. And then someone ends up being broke for a couple of years. Yeah. So I also feel that that's important to actually highlight that. So why have you decided that you're still going to continue with Super Strikers while building this? Are they okay with that? And is it a financial decision? Is it because you have a family to feed? Just give me more insight around that thinking. You're, you're right in, in, in a lot of, a lot of regards. Um, Quasi has been a passion project for me. As Luisus mentioned, I've been there. I've been involved with it from the beginning. Yeah. But I also have certain responsibilities that I've gathered over my, my eight years at, at Striker. Yeah. And, um, as in, in a leadership position, there's still certain things you need to figure out. And, yeah. Um, sure, there's a financial, um, there's a stability. Yes. In working Not for a company definitely. and still making, and the importance that 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 um, comic and that company itself um, serves for the nation. Like you said, yeah. you started off reading Super Strikers, so yeah. we sort of have a response. And there's still probably a lot to learn there as well. Absolutely, because I always think. I, I will say yeah. though, I will mention. I mean, I, I can't go without saying that it is important to 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 relentlessly chase your passion and what you really want to no, do. No, definitely. I mean, it is, a, it, again, it is a, it is a balance of the two, isn't it? So you, yeah. you, you, you gauge, you are, you have to obviously, you know, um, acquire some sort of like, um, realism. You have to be realistic about where you are and, and versus where you want to be. Um, but there is at some point, there is going to be a leap that's going to be required and it's not comfortable. Yeah. So, and, Again, I'd be remiss not to mention the fact that this book itself sort of serves as, um, as Clyde usually says, as a glorified, um, you know, business, um, card. 
the, the, the amount of, of interest and in business that we've attained because this thing exists yeah. means that you, you, you know, therefore are, you know, subsidized in that yeah. way and then succeed, right? Yeah. And because th- that's the idea. You don't want to, this to be a, a passion project. And I think yeah. as soon as the whole thing with exclusive books, you know, and, and then moving to, to, to bigger spaces where you, where you're, 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 you're ava- the book is now available all over the world for, for, for anyone who wants to buy it on Amazon, um, locally buy it on Take a Lot, exclusive books, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So many platforms yeah. and what now. What you can probably tell is that, uh, Loisa's been good at driving and building the book. Yeah. So, so my involvement at, in the beginning stages wasn't as prominent, but that's, that's fast changing. Yeah. You know but I that? also think for me is that when we talk about entrepreneurship and we talk about passion, yeah. is that we always talk about it. There's always this glorified story. Yeah. Someone was working at a job, they hated, they quit, and then they built this empire. Yeah. We never tell the stories of some the grit peop- and grime. The grit yeah. and grime and that some people actually build billion dollar empires while they still have a job and, yeah. and, and transition to that space. Because yeah. I, I look at so many South Africans where sometimes like, I look at them and I'm like, sometimes just quitting your job and pursuing isn't the right idea. Sometimes it's pursue the talent, mm. pursue your passion, but do it after hours because at the end Start of the day, like that. Yeah, yeah. or take a, or, or keep your job, but every single month, take your hundred rand or 200, put it on the savings mm. to fund mm. your mm. dream. Cause I always there think that go. we always mm. sell entrepreneur as this. I'm a superhero. Let me quit and see what happens. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I feel like that's the trap where a lot of mm. kids fail and they're like, fuck, I'm broke. Yeah. Mm. What happens now? Let me quit my job. So I think for me, having this mm. interesting scenario where mm. you quit and pursued mm. it and he's like, actually, mm. there's still a lot to learn. I think that's mm. important, yeah. you know, um, because there's so many mistakes mm. that I have made where I'm like, mm. flip, I could have learned that in corporate. Yeah. Mm. Under no, their money. No, you, 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 you are absolutely correct. There is a phase where everyone has to make the choice because mm. you, you stand on the ledge for a long time and you have to decide when you're going to jump. Making that decision and, and taking, making an informed decision around that is very important, as yeah. you said. Um, my entrepreneurial spirit is, is, is rife. It's, it's ready. Um, yeah. but, but there's, there's a lot of logistics around it. Lohiso, however, is, is, is more, more daring than I am, yeah. to put it that way. Crazy. And, and rightfully so. <laughs> He's crazy like that. Yeah. Should learn. But I could say, bird, though, yeah. in a sense that also Lohiso, not that he has a job, but I mean, he's also, besides doing crazy, he's a respected artist. So oh, he yes. can sell uh, his paintings. His, his paintings. Are you know there's that, so, I suppose. So yeah. there's that, that also. I can't even afford his paintings. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, guys, come yeah. on now. You don't want to put that out there, man. Some people so still want to so buy some work. That way he's found a way of being like, okay, I'm going to quit this job, but I know that I can sell these paintings and fund the project as well. Mm. So at least and that was a lot, yeah. particularly in the beginning, it needed to be funded and it was self-published. So mm. I'd have to like look at my girl and be like, Hey, listen, man, I need to take like, Tens of Actually, thousands out of Apparently the you're married situation. What's that like While pursuing your dream <laughs> it's, Both of you guys are married So what's yeah. that like Because I mean To be a young 23 year old Pursuing your dream mm. You're broke You're starving But now yeah. there's Family There's a lot of things To consider Especially Correct. if there's kids involved There's a future yep. involved mm. There's a bond involved How, how is that <laughs> Like for real Like how is that Because I want to tell These stories Because people don't Focus on this And, so, so, and, and, that, and that's a good cue I think um, It's a sacrifice You sacrifice a lot Lot and then and, and kudos and then credit to to to, to, to the, the women wives. that share our lives because yes. like they, they 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 name them shout out to them what what are they ah, ah we can't roll like that no 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 we'll keep that I'll shout out to my to my wife Lynn Shaw thanks for supporting me thanks for having my back babe 
Okay, Here we cool. Go. So, um, and look, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sacrifice and you, 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 okay. So, so when you start this thing with someone and you have a partner, the idea is that you, you, you aspire to a particular way of life and you, yeah. you're creating this life for yourself. And, and again, what is never mentioned is, is the, is, is the sacrifice that comes with that. Um, and, and now you, you're accountable to another human being. And, yeah. um, so that comes with also, it, it, it's, it's push and pulls as well. So, um, it's tricky. Um, number one, I'm not just a, you know, the guy behind crazy. I'm an artist. And if you know artists, man, like we've got a way, um, well, about our lives, we're right? We're just fucking off the chart. <laughs> There's times where I don't want to talk to my girlfriend. I'm like, don't talk to me today. And God is, is going to deliver something in my yeah, life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also a lot of the things that we do as artists, and I'm glad you're mentioning that is a lot of the, the stuff that we've got is driven by faith. A lot of the stuff is driven by things you can't particularly yeah. explain. Yeah. The, the, the artist's journey is so is riddled by so many you know miracles that no one can explain but also at the same time tricky yeah. tricky tri- tricky things that you like oh fuck well geez I, I, can i cuss you yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you but listen like guys because like you were late yeah no worries. we have to wrap the show in like two minutes no worries. so oh. one of the things that i wanna just quickly because i feel like you're gonna owe me another interview we're gonna do a whole sit down oh, oh we'll have but oh, yeah. in quick where is crazy going what's happening at comic-con where can we find you this is the moment to shine crazy is going big like all aspirations check out youtube we've got a teaser out there um we, we we're trying to get um, a superhero a south a zanzi south african pl- proudly south african um Cartoon series on TV. Yeah. How how dope would that be? That'll be amazing. Um, Has someone offered you a billion dollars yet for the movie? Still waiting. <laughs> can I offer you a billion dollars? I'm just vetting people at the moment. Can man. can can I? Can you please you just, just just put it on the table, man? We can I'm actually just sign it. the. I'm taking we the can just sign. <laughs> I'm taking the we can just sign this whole thing right now. <laughs> no, so um no. Very, very quickly, um, Quezzy number one is South Africa's first superhero. That means it's going to be the first of many things. So number one, at the, at the next right now is it going into animation. But before that, perhaps, um, conversations have led us towards feature film. Okay. Obviously, because the world is, is doing superhero feature films and that's yeah. where, that's where stuff like Comic Con is happening. So you go, you, you have Comic Con Africa now. It's the first on the continent. Yeah. So when is that happening? This, Are you this guys weekend, gonna... Kayalami Convention it's Center. Friday, num- Saturday, Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 14th, the crazy team is going to be there. Yep, we'll be able September. to buy comic books. Can we buy t-shirts? T-shirts. Yes, yes you can. I want one. I want one. We'll, we'll hook you so, up. Apparently, I'm a fashion guard, so. <laughs> and there's 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 a bit of a, a surprise there. We're doing cosplay for the first time of the oh, characters. Wow. So, so we got oh, a couple wow. of celebs out there in that, full cosplay. You know, potentially that of, they could be of full, the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. the characters. So guys, please check out Comic Con. It is happening. Also, give Loiso a lot of shit online for being late. <laughs> so if you feel like this interview is cut short, it's his fault. <laughs> but I will make sure to catch them this weekend at Comic Con, and I'll see mm-hmm. when they're available for another interview because I feel like there's so much to talk about that we didn't get Lots to touch to today. Absolutely. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining me on the Thread Exchange. I'm Sia Beile. My man. Loiso, thank, thank you, you so, so much. For much. Having Guys, us, please, Quazy on social media. Quazy everywhere. Is it Quazy, Quazy, Quazy? Quazy Flyboy. Quazy underscore Flyboy. Thank you so much, guys. Good luck for Comic Con. Please keep doing what you're doing. I'm so happy. I'm so proud. And yeah, man. Shout Africa. out to the Eastern Cape. The time is man. now, Shout man. Shout out to the Eastern thank Cape. You. I'm going to play up with the song by Takapo called Kalea. Sure, sir. This is CliffCentral.com.